let's talk about it. Hello and welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining fetism and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today we're welcoming back to the show, we're welcoming Tim back, but uh, during the episode we will refer to him as XL Tim, just so there's no confusion. Hello XL Tim, how are you? I am great, gentlemen, how are you? Doing good. Thrilled to be here. Doing good, I'm glad to have you back. We think you were such a superstar the last time, it was just an, an absolute insistence to have you back on the program, so thank you for making the time. And today we are going to be talking about kind of more the masculine side of things. Again, kind of taking it from that heterosexual perspective because it's a thing, right? Like, especially as Tim and I as queer men, it's kind of the whole uh, trauma thing. <laughs> Most men go, trauma? Well, you know, the, the rejection. <laughs> typically speaking and maybe this is not the case for gen z and for alpha that would be nice for a bit of progress there but when i was going through school and certainly when tim was going through school um the way that it worked was if you were not straight you were treated very poorly for that factoid uh and so many queer men experience a kind of dissonance with masculinity that we in and of ourselves are in process to resolving um but for yourself xl tim obviously that's something that you walk through every day you have your own experiences with and as i'm sure we'll come through in our discussion today uh shifts and has some amendment somewhat when it comes to the weight gain journey so listen are you ready to get into it 100 percent. oh fabulous so listen as a male fetus what is your perception of the expectations of men in the fetus community um boy i I, i've i've seen so many roles i can't like it's 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 hard to to nail down um in a lot of ways i would say uh you know there's definitely the um there's definitely the, the 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 dominant side of it um you know whether it's being a feeder um or feedy um you know where you're the person who is you know, being the the strong one the 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 dumb um you know demanding maybe um you know whether it's being fed or feeding another um then obviously the more sub side uh which is where i fall um you know where and as a feedy you know where i very much submit to um to someone who is more dominant to someone who you know really you know, pushes hard for me to, 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 to eat more, to what have you, um, you know, while still trying to maintain some sense of realism, uh, which has certainly been an issue at plenty of times where, you know, it's like, well, you have to eat this and this, and then this, it's like, well, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> you know, let's, let's be realistic here. I'm not, cause I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get sick. <laughs> um, you know, so trying to, trying to keep that going. Um, it's interesting though, too, I, I I grew up a I grew up an athlete. Um, I, I I was a bit of an alpha myself. Um, yeah, I played football, played basketball, uh, and then to see the change, excuse me, um, 
as someone who saw himself as very masculine and very appealing um, to women, that when I got fat, to see that change was was a real eye opener. Um, it, 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 it really simple things of where there were women that didn't find me as funny um, as others did. And then I would see these other guys, you know, thin, you know, quote unquote attractive, um, making dog shit jokes and women just laughing to, to, to no end about it. I'm like, what is happening? You know, it's, this, this offends me as a funny person. Um, cause I like to think I've always been funny, even though, you know, present what I'm saying excluded, um, that it just, it would bother the hell out of me. Um, but then I thought, you know what, this is, this is the choice I made. This is part of who I've decided to become, um, you know, and I can't get mad at other people for how they feel about things and what they're into, because here I am trying to get people to accept me for what I'm into, um, failing at it, mind you, but, um, you know, in, in my regular life, in this community, I found wonderful people. So yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, and I think we would have talked a little bit about this last time. It is very much that comparativeness of what we experience as queer men. You know, as you live your life as a slender queer male, you are the height of desired. You are the epitome of what is perceived to be valued and sexy and good. And then as you progress into fatness, you don't take a step down or a step back. It's like an invisible force yeets you off the edge and you just plummet into immediate seventh ring of hell isolation where no one can be bothered looking at you. Mm -hmm. um, which probably explains why many of us cling to our community as much as we do, because this is the people in the whole planet of humans that understand who we are and what we do and why we do it. So, you know that that all makes a lot of sense but it is interesting to hear that there's a, a little bit of both right like you were saying that there is an expectation for men on the fetus side to still remain dominant whether they are feeders or feedees but as you say there's also some expectation of submission as well i mean do you think that there's a lean towards one or the other for the community do people expect men to be more dominant or submissive or how does that tend to play out um, in my experience, I find a lot more expectation of being dominant. Um, now I'm, again, that's just from my experience. I'm not casting it out on, on, uh, on anyone else, but, uh, yeah, I think that's what I've seen because as a submissive man, it's very hard to find, um, a dominant woman, uh, for me anyway, um, you know, who's, who's looking for a sub man, almost every woman that I've ever been uh, in a relationship with, or even, even been physical with, um, is almost always looking for, um, a dominant man. And some will, some will attempt to play the part. Um, but it just, you know, it just doesn't work. It's the same as when I try to be dominant. I, in my head, I'm like, I'm really doing this, but it's the same as like, if I were trying to be tall, um, I'm five, eight, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, or if I, Right now, tried to say, say that I'm thin. Uh, it's it's just not happening. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I do find that to be the expectation myself. Yeah, and to that so, point, 
uh, let's just remember if anyone listening uh, has a different experience, you can write into us at thethickradio at gmail.com and share your experiences. And we may even have you on the show to share your thoughts. Uh, but this, of course, is the grace of someone who's given the time and the opportunity to be here to share their thoughts. So, uh, yeah, do that. Tim, what were you about to say? Oh, I was just going to say, so there's no um, aspiring dominatrix. Uh, how do you pluralize dominatrix? <laughs> I think there, are no, yeah. there are no aspiring dominatrixes in, in, in your... In your like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I was just basically trying to say that like, cause, cause we kind of, you know, um, in, in the world of BDSM, you're kind of fed this line that there are a lot, uh, that there are more doms than there are subs. Right. And uh, I have, ex with my 10 years in the leather community, I've noticed that that is also the case. There are far more subs than there are doms. So I was just, you know, it was kind of interesting to hear that it's basically the same situation in the heterosexual community. Hmm as as i've seen it yeah um there there's there's plenty you can find um that are sex workers and god bless them i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that uh it's wonderful um you know but i'm not looking to pay someone for it i would like to find mm. and not to say that makes me special or anything different um but i would just like to find that in a partner mm. have you ever um, considered and, yeah. looking in the leather community for that kind of thing um i've nipped my toe a little bit um eh, i cannot think of the site that i have gone on to look for that that life recon that life thank you mm. um yeah i tried i have i went to a i went to a meeting um god probably cheapers probably seven years ago now um that was a it was a female-led group and uh they were great it just i don't know it was just something it, it was it, everything was terrific there was nothing wrong um it just wasn't the vibe for me mm, yeah. um and maybe it was just because it was the first time i went and i just kind of never went back but um yeah i don't know i've talked to i've found some women who would be willing to it just we didn't click we didn't have that vibe um yeah. and i need more than just that same with feedism you know i've talked to you know women who, who've wanted to feed me and um, it's more than that to me. It's not just, it's not know, just not over. There's a romance element to it almost, or, or at the very least, uh, yes. a social, emotional, intellectual, something that goes beyond just the wham, bam. Can you're, you're looking for intimacy. Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. I don't think that's unreasonable. Something we certainly come across as a recurring thing with the podcast is just how many people are desperate for that intimacy. And I don't say desperation as a negative either. I think that desperation actually makes a lot of sense because I imagine it's the same in the fetus spaces as it is in the gaining spaces. We're very good at selling sex and fantasy and you can have this if you pay for it. But actually when it comes down to just making friends and facilitating conversation and developing better friendships, we're really in the beginning stages of that as a community overall so that desperation for connection i don't see as a negative reflection on people i think it makes sense that people are really craving that you know they're hungry um, for it yeah literally hungry for it both mm -hmm. for the food and for mm -hmm. the people um i'm curious to know because you describe yourself as certainly more of a submissive within the fetus space is that something that you could identify with pre-gaining 
um, or is it something that's come about specifically because of gaining or were you more uh, dominant before the gaining? Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I, I fancied myself uh, much more dominant before gaining, uh, before I knew anything about who I was, uh, because I thought that's what I was supposed to be. I thought that was my role. And so that was the role I took. And then when I realized I was into that, then, all right, I must be a feeder. And so that's the role I took as well. Um, and then it wasn't until uh, I started gaining that I thought, oh, shit, this is pretty great. Um, and then I met someone on, I don't remember where I met her, uh, but we talked on that Yahoo chat. If you remember that and <laughs> and she opened up this whole world to me um of uh chastity and um punishment and given tasks and all these things i was like oh my god it just it, it blew my mind absolutely blew my mind and then she was into bigger men not so much fetism but um they kind of you know they went a little bit hand in hand um, we never met. We just chatted for, I don't know, probably six, seven months. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was pretty great. And then from there, that's what really set me down that path where I, I yeah, all right, I'm a submissive. And this is really what, this is really what, uh, what boils my potato. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I, th I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, again, I think this is good. This is just going to be a theme, I think, with a lot of these straight apps, you know, uh, again, that comparativeness to queerness. And one of the reasons why I do think that, you know, people who, like yourself, uh, cisgendered, heterosexual people, but are kinksters, I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a, you know, a divisive notion, but I would actually include you in the queer community by that notion. Because I feel like the queer community is meant to really represent anything that does not fall in the cishet hegemony, right? And I think much like this, even just what we've had today, this conversation on kink, what you're experiencing is very clearly like a differentiation from the societal expectations. So I don't know, like, I don't know how you'd feel about that or how other people within that space would feel about that. But I don't know, I think it just makes sense. Those experiences don't seem very different to me, you know, and <laughs> it is really interesting how uh, among queer people, queer men will often say, you know, we're very thankful for our homosexuality because it's kind of the the shunt that gets the choo-choo off the tracks. And when you can kind of get off the track, the circle you're going in, you can actually see it for what it is and you go, oh my God, like this was that. And now that I'm off, courtesy of this thing, I can really go into the world and kind of make my own way. And I feel like for yourself, the gaining process was kind of your key into that kind of a into that kind of an experience would you say that that's a correct assessment very much so absolutely mm. um i'll say going going back to especially when we talked about masculinity um and i think i talked about this on the last time i was on i i grew up with a fear of homosexuality um because of uh my parents and my sister specifically i think i mentioned my sister i i was born in 76 so you know i was a kid when 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 uh, aids started to become you know the public eye and you know, she told me if a gay person touches you with their finger you could get aids um 
and then by the time I was in high school, that's when I realized, boy, my family and my, my, well, my family in general uh, are morons and uh, <laughs> that's, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, and then it was in high school that I met, uh, that I first met homosexuals. Um, and I could say that too. I was like, oh, wow, this is, you're, you're, forgive me how this sounds, but in my head, this is, uh, it, uh, you're just regular people. Um, and that was a bit, but that was a big thing to me. Um, and then from there though, I, I, I've always been, I've always hated when people make anyone else feel less than I was proud of myself for still feeling that I'm still a man. Um, and I think I still represent that you know, to myself, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm also compassionate I'm also empathetic. Um, and I'm also willing to stand up for other people. And so bring this all back, getting fat was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. Um, you know, I grew up, like I said, I, I was, I, I played a lot of sports. I was athletic. Um, you know, I, I got the attention of women. Um, you know, I, I was always able to, you know, get my way into the cool kids club. And so that was the first time I ever really experienced that. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty big awakening. And so, especially where I thought maybe this isn't right. And so I would lose weight and then, you know, what? no, this is right. I'm going to gain weight. And really it wasn't until probably my mid thirties that I really finally said, fuck it. Like, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. But I'm kind of curious to ask here. So obviously in that process of experiencing fatness and now very clearly obesity, um, do you feel like the way that you conduct yourself, shall we say, is any different to how you would have conducted yourself prior to stepping into that gaining journey? I do. I do. I think, uh, I try to, I mean, I, I not try to, I, I embrace who I am. Um, and when I say that I, before it's like, um, try to example of, I would see this a lot. If someone said, Oh my God, I've gotten so fat. No, you haven't. Um, you know, that kind of, or, or you've, or you try to hide it and pretend like you're not. Um, I, I turned a corner when I said, I'd be proud of who you are. And so I would do exactly that. And I would you know, do you want to go play ball? No, I'm too fat for that. Um, and then people get uncomfortable by that. And, you know, that wasn't my intention, but you know, I don't want to hide and be like, no, I got something else to do or, you know, uh, be, be a liar or be a bullshitter. Um, I should call it a liar. Um, because if you're not comfortable saying things like that, then that's totally fine. Um, but to me, that's how I felt. I felt like I was being a phony. And so when I finally started to kind of admit that, um, or, you know, not be afraid to, to, to get a dessert, not be afraid to, Hey, let's stop here uh, for drive through. Um, or you know what, uh, if no one's going to finish these donuts, I'm going to do it. Um, because they're delicious and fuck you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh shoot. I just lost what I was going to say. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Um, oh, and, uh, the way I dress as well. I, I, you know, I used to wear very baggy clothes because I tried to, you know, it was silly, but in my head I was hiding or, you know, people might think, well, maybe he's just, uh, working out. Um, and, uh, you know, now I don't hide that. And I, I, I wear my pants up high proudly. So it kind of accentuates my belly. Um, or, you know, to, to tuck my shirt in where I always used to untuck my shirt, um, you know, just because I like being who I am and I want to show that off. And if there's someone that appreciates it, I want 
I want to flaunt it for them. I want them to see. So, you know, someone might uh, come and show their interest. It hasn't, not a lot of it happening yet, but you know, <laughs> figure I'll, 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 I'll cast the net. Well, time is time is time and, you know, time will tell and the right people will come. I think people have said this kind of thing since time immemorial. It's always put your best self forward because the right people will come to that. And then you never have to worry if they like you for you because they like you for your authenticity, you know? So I think, I think that's a totally valid approach. Um, I am curious to ask from your experience, the way that you, I guess, conduct yourself now, the way you live your life and express yourself now as a fatter person, do you feel like that runs in some ways counter to these traditionalist ideas of masculinity and things that you've grown up with? Um, yeah, in some ways. I mean, kind of as, as I was, I was saying before it, 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 you're supposed to not draw attention to it. Um, you're supposed, or you're supposed to feel shame about it. And, you know, I, I, I don't want people to have to feel that way. If they do, it's fine because it's who that's, you know, we all have to get to where we get to on our own timetable, but, um, but yeah, I think it does run against that idea because you're supposed to want to go to the gym and you're supposed to want to eat healthy and, um, and try to attract a certain type of person you know, who finds that attractive. Um, and yeah, I got, I got no time for that myself because I want to be something different. It's understandable. I mean, uh, but my Tim, um, mm -hmm. being the kind of age that you are now and, you know, you've lived a kind of varied life in terms of, you know, where you've sat with your, uh, your life and the things you've done and your masculinity, like how does, how does that resonate with you? Like your weight gain versus how your masculinity plays out. Um, interestingly enough, like they, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't hand in hand at first. Like the thing that made me discover my masculinity was becoming a leather man because I was now surrounded by people who presented in a very masculine aesthetic. And even if they didn't necessarily act that way, um, I felt that I was in a community that for the first time I could explore what that meant. You know, I had been skinny through most of my adulthood and um, there was, there was just something about feeling like, you know, I had a, I had a smaller body. I had like a swimmer's build. I had a thinner face. I kind of felt like I should be in a submissive position looking like that. You know, like I felt like I looked a li not necessarily androgynous, but I just kind of looked more feminine, you know, and then I meet these leather men and they have varying body shapes, types, degrees of body hair, you know, like just this wild variation of body type, but they all were presenting with this masculine aesthetic. And I was like, well, maybe I can see where this leads. And then as the weight gain came on. I realized I was like, I was taking up more space. I felt larger. I felt like I occupied a bigger, the, the, I felt more powerful. I began to equate masculinity with power. It, it's interesting. I think for me as well, like I never identified as masculine growing up, but then I didn't identify as feminine either. I was just kind of as was, you know, and it was only through the gaining process that I actually felt like I began to discover a sense of masculinity about myself and I began to lean into it in certain situations, which felt very empowering and very positive. So, 
you know, I think it's interesting. Society definitely says that to be fat is not a good thing, especially in terms of maleness, because there's this idea of a man should be fit. Fat boys are typically unfit. You should be lean muscle to attract. We are overt flab, which also attracts, let's be clear, but that's not how society sees it. Um, and even the shape of features, you know, like a masculine man has a certain shape, a slimmer waist, broader shoulders, whereas arguably, by that logic, fat is almost androgifying human bodies. Like, arguably, if you took a 700-pound woman and a 700-pound man, you put them both naked in front of you, you may not be able to tell which gender each one is, because at that point, the fat is so over-consuming, you can't identify them by the boobs, by the face shape, by the body shape, by the gonads, by none of it, because it's all smothered in a delicious layer of fat. And if you're 700 pounds, please hit me up. I would love to get in on that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but you know, it's interesting that uh, I think for us, we, we see that uh, we have discovered our masculinity through weight gain rather than in spite of, and rather than a sense of losing it because of weight gain. Like, yes, weight gain challenged you in some of those ways, but do you feel like you found your masculinity again in a way through the weight gain process yes because i i i felt like i was losing it uh to a point as i was getting fat um i knew i liked it and i knew i enjoyed it but i thought i was losing a part of me which i mean it turned out couldn't be more far from the truth i was becoming me um but you know during that transition it was it was a lot to a lot to figure out um you know i i I was as strong as I've ever been, and uh, you know, but I, again, you know, sports were always such a big part of my life, and I was losing that. <laughs> um, uh, dating lots of women, or you dating hot women, um, I was, I was losing that. And what's funny is I always, I, I dated thin women because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, where I was lusted after larger women. Um, and uh you know hence again becoming a feeder and um all that fun stuff but uh but yeah no it was definitely it was it was, it was definitely a, a a growth moment um where i i had to come to terms with the, the this is what i am and there's nothing wrong with it um and it actually is masculine um you know not that it has to be but it, that's how i felt and how i feel now where you know i finally come to come to terms with that um and especially as a sub where uh, yeah having found some uh, uh dominant women in my life which has been fantastic having those experiences um but i have to say too uh, i've i've had experiences with men that i've met on grammar who um when they talk the right way um that that it works um it absolutely works you know, because it's from there to me, it's it, it's it's not even about um, it, it. Of course, it's sexual, but it's not even about sexuality anymore. It's just about um, dominant and uh, and submissive. Or at least that's the way I've thought about it. I wonder if you can relate to this, because this is certainly something for me. I feel like my gaining is its own sexuality, right? Like that's its own kettle of fish i don't understand it through a gay lens um if anything it's the other way around i am 
fat first, gay second, right? So for me, that's how I've always explained it because, you know, I can find fat women attractive, you know, and there's certainly conversations I've had the opportunity to have and, you know, images that, you know, you scroll through your timeline, you come across, I found myself very aroused by. And there's a part of me that questions that, like, you know, what is all of this? But then it's just realizing, as I say, for me, it's that first. And so long as that box is ticked, the second one doesn't really matter so much. And I'm not so much hung up on that because when I view things through the lens of fat, so long as it's fat, I'm good. Like, what's there to feel strange about? Like, it's arousal and it's attraction, you know? You get to enjoy that how you enjoy that, uh, with consent, of course. But, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be this whole huge flim-flam. And I think in many ways, again, like as queer people, I was unfortunately one of the ones who, I was the born-again Christian in Bible college, had to have that uber-dramatic moment of, oh, I'm gay and everything's all right, and had to work my way through that trauma. And so maybe there's an element of that as well. My brain is like, dude, we've been down this road once before about sexuality and attraction. We don't need to have this be a trauma moment. We can just be chill about things and enjoy humans, have yeah. good times, breathe through the thing and just know that this is totally fine. Um, so I, I do want to ask as well, as you say, you've had your interactions with women prior to gaining and now like, being in a fatter body, does that shift how you approach women, especially within like a typically gainer fetus kind of context? Um, it did for a long time. In other words, it, it really messed with my confidence. Um, now I, my, I, I, I have, I have a similar confidence to when I was younger. Um, but I also, it's funny, it, this equates to, to dating, um, also to theater, where I'm, I'm not afraid, but I'm realistic. And so if I see someone who, you know, has stickers all over her car about, you know, that she's run marathons and uh, that she hikes, um, you know, there's probably a good chance that we're not going to connect. It's not that we wouldn't um, or that we couldn't, but, you know, if that's what they're looking for, or specifically, I guess I should put it a better way. If I'm on a dating site and she says she's looking for someone who go to the gym with, um, then I'm not her guy. Um, and it's the same with theater. Like I, there's a theater near me now that's doing Jesus Christ Superstar and uh, auditions are through next week. Anyway, um, and someone asked me, what part do you want? And I said, well, I want Jesus. But I said, no one's casting fat Jesus. <laughs> I said, I can sing the shit out of that part. Um, and I could play the hell out of that part. I go, but I'm realistic. It's just, it's no one's gonna, no one's gonna do it. It's just not going to happen. Or and I shouldn't say no one, but it's it's not very likely. Um, and I've had I've I've said things like that before, and people are that's bullshit. You can do anything you want, and I'm like I, I appreciate what you're saying, but it's I I don't need the pep talk. It's just I understand how the world works, and this is what people think. Um, I mean, especially in the society as we have it right now. I mean, we're not even allowed to have fat Santa anymore, so I can, can totally understand them not wanting to cast yeah. a fat Jesus either. Yeah. You know, where we can't have toys with McDonald's anymore. Mm. I was just reading a, a list of bad ad campaigns, and I don't even remember this. I guess in 2008, Justin Timberlake was doing an ad for McDonald's um, that went along with uh, maybe the troll movie or something he was doing. Mm. Um, and people 
people got upset that he was pushing uh, unhealthy food on kids and they canceled the whole campaign. Um, and that's been gone now since forever. And I, I, I want people to be healthy. I want people to live forever. Um, you know, but it's just, it's just a sad place where that's, that's yeah, I want people to be healthy and live long lives too, but I also am so damn tired of, push, of people pushing their children in front of them as a as a shield and yes. saying, well, I don't, I, you know, because they know damn well that they can't stand up and say, I just don't like this, so I don't want to see it because that's not a good enough excuse. Adults have to put up with all kinds of things they don't like. So they push their kids in front of them and say, well, I don't want them exposed to it. Mm -hmm. Correct. I have a friend who says, uh, I take my daughter to McDonald's. She likes the apples better than the fries. Like, no, she doesn't. <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet. It's like people who tell me their cat's vegan. No, it's not. You're making it be vegan. Cats no. are naturally carnivores. They're not naturally vegan. Dogs <laughs> can be. But anyway, um, but, you know, it's just I agree with you. Though. It's people are trying to show how great they are through their kids. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, people with children, I don't judge, um, though I do wonder how they sleep at night. Uh, I think trick question. They don't, um, cause their little, <laughs> cum pets, their little cum pets are keeping them awake up until all hours. Uh, <laughs> on, on that point, would you ever have kids? Did we talk about this last time? Do you want children? I used to, um, it was all I ever wanted. I used to want to get married and I used to want to have kids. Um, and then most of my friends are older than I am. Uh, it just worked out, you know, kids in my neighborhood. I was about five years or so younger than most of them. And I've been very, very blessed that, uh, I'm friends with all of them. Um, anyway, as I watched people in my life get married, um, most of them I watched become miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it happens. Um, a lot of them got divorced. The ones who had kids, holy shit, like then, wow, like they're just every one of them goes along with, um, forgive me, and it's bringing the name up, but Louis C.K. had a joke where he said, uh, he said, I had my daughters and they taught me to love in a way that I never thought that I could. They changed my life for the better in so many ways. Um, and he said, they're just my entire life. And I love them to, 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 to the, to the moon and back. But if you gave me a time machine right now, so I could go back and not have kids, I do it in a fucking second. Um, and that's, that's what I see in every single one of my friends. Um, and it's not to say what they did was a bad thing. It, it, it it's the idea of you know, no one can ever understand what it is to have kids until you have them. And then to what's the adage to love something more than you love yourself. Um, and that's, I guess, why a lot of people don't date others that don't have kids because they think of them as selfish because they're not, they're not having something in their life that they're going to love more than themselves. Um, that said, um, I've never met the person that I want to have kids with. I'm not against having kids, but I want to, I want to, I want to be with someone that I love so much that I want to, take that journey that i want to go into this thing that i know part of me is going to hate it <laughs> the experience. Yeah, you, want to, you want to find someone you like enough to ball and chain yourself for the next eternity with raising children no no i i totally get it you know i think again similar journey especially through the christian lens wanting kids and family and now i'm at a stage where mm, no thank you 
but you're absolutely right. You know, I think it's a different journey for everyone. And ironically, I think a lot of the conversation you can see on TikTok these days is a lot of parents who are having like frank and honest conversations, basically to the tune of, can we stop circle jerking this insane fantasy that, you know, we all love it, hate it, but actually we love it. Like, no, sometimes you do just hate it. And like, that's, that's it. And you don't have to be like nice about it. Like, yeah, don't beat the shit out of your children. But also sometimes you fucking hate your kids because they're humans and you're a human. And sometimes you don't like your best friend because they're being a cunt. Sometimes your child is being a cunt. And you will say to yourself, my child is a cunt and I hate them today. That doesn't take away from love. Like, that's just the reality of the fact that you feel things in this weird gaslighting invisible silent like just putting up with like no that's how people go like crazy so let's not let's have that nuanced conversation about what it means to have children raise children and i mean for goodness sake at some stage we'd love to have someone on the podcast who is a gainer while also raising their children because that's a moral and ethical like how do you balance the two what do you do there you know so again it's, it's all a conversation. It's all a big question. Um, but to kind of circle back to the original point in terms of how you interact with women, the kind of sense I got from you is that, yes, there was certainly a struggle. There was a sort of relearning process. And even though uh, arguably return on investment isn't happening, so to say, you seem at peace with how you are presenting yourself and how you're putting yourself out there, knowing that whenever it happens, that right connection will come along. Is that about right? Oh, 100%. Yes. Um, it, it's the idea of that I'm not just getting fat to attract a mate um, or to, or so I can have sex. Um, it's being fat for me. Um, that, 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 was the, that was probably one of the biggest moments that I had where, you know, it's not just, it's not just getting fat so I can attract someone who's into fat men. Um, but it just be, I, I'm, I want to be this. I, I, I want to be this when I'm waking up. I want to be this when I'm in the shower. I want to be this um, and with everything it comes with. So, you know, where um, I'm going to have trouble sitting in booths and, um, you know, my car is getting uncomfortable and there's rips in the seat because of how I drop into it. Um, stuff like that. But I, 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 I enjoy that. I really do. I liked that I had to look up um, weight limits for my new, uh, 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 lounge chair, um, for things like that. And, you know, and I'm willing to pay extra for it. I, I, I totally get that. Mm. And I get too that my jobs, um, health insurance, you get a discount if you show that you're going to the gym, um, and things like that. I, I, I get that. I do. Um, I'm not saying it's how it should be for everyone. Um, you know, but in my head, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things that uh, according to what medical science says, and I'm not agreeing with it, but going along with the narrative of it, um, that I'm shortening my life. Um, but you know, to me, it's uh, fine. You know what? Uh, um, it, it, it makes me feel like what I'm doing is, is working. Yes. Um, and it's not, it's, 
I'm saying that in a weird way, I guess. I'm not saying like it, 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 that's how everyone should be or that's how it should be for everyone, but it's I'm getting fatter and it, it's it, people are seeing it and I'm getting reactions to it. Um, and I and I like that. They're in the same way for someone if they wanted to lose weight and they wanted to get jacked and people, wow, man, you look great. You know, you're looking yoked. Um, you know, they they enjoy those kind of reactions. These are reactions that I like. Because no one's going to say to me, oh, wow, you know what? Hey, you're getting fat, looking good. Um, not in my life anyway, outside of in the community, um, which people do, and it's great, and I love it. Uh, but in my normal life, or you know, for a person that I just meet, they're not going to say that to me. They're going to tell me how many times I get, hey, have you lost weight? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> and even when I have, I still say no, because fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but bury that point ultimately your journey is for you and it, it makes sense that a conversation around like the masculinity we experience centers on the self because how we understand our masculinity and present our masculinity is entirely unique to us but i like that you mentioned as well about you know those different relationships with women because i i kind of want to touch on men you know like how how have you gone about making friends and those kinds of connections within the fetus space has it been difficult on your journey or has it made more sense seeing as it's more of a, a fulfillment of who you are it took some time um it took time for me to i, I was i was immediately comfortable um which uh surprised me a little i'll be honest you know with 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 how i was indoctrinated uh when i was young but uh it <sighs> It was always a lot of, you know, well, I, I, you say you're straight, but you're not, um, or I'll, I'll turn you gay. Um, and I'm like, you got, it's, it's, and I mean, within that fetus space, you know, you say it took time. Where are you at now when it, when it comes to like having community with other men and sustaining friendships, do you feel like you've kind of settled into a space with that now, or is it still a bit of a journey? Um, I feel much more comfortable with it. Um, I, I, I feel very comfortable. Um, where that kind of thing has stopped, um, funny enough, is because I've gotten older. Um, when I was in my 20s and my 30s, uh, it was happening all the time. Um, now I get much more polite, you know, you sure you're straight? Uh, stuff like that. Or, um, you know, I'm straight too, but I think it'd be great if we hung out and rubbed each other's bellies and, and you know maybe there's people who are into that and that's fine but you know for me i'm like no thank you though and i don't get where before i would get people that would immediately turn hostile um when i when i rejected that and now it's just okay you know or i don't hear from them again or whatever it may be um and that's totally fine but uh but i do it's uh, these are all on the uh uh these are all pretty fringe. Um, it's it's that that's that's not the the norm. That's not what I've experienced. Uh, most of what I've experienced has been very good. Um, it's been with people like like the two of you, um, people who are just uh, good, accepting people. Um, you know, once in a blue moon too, I would get you know, why are you here? Um, and you know, I get it, I do. But uh, you know, to me, I, I I would never come back hostily. I would just say. You know, I love this community and I love being who I am. If I make you uncomfortable, then I apologize. Um, feel free to block me or I'll block you if that works better. Because I remember there used to be like a limit on blocks. I don't know if there still is. Um, but I said, you know, I'll use one of mine. 
if it makes you that uncomfortable um because that's never what i wanted i didn't want to be you know you got to fucking accept me um because that's not what i wanted to be i just wanted to meet good people and overall that's really what i have um i get very i'm i'm still timid on meeting people face to face um until i've gotten to know them um because i've had some bad experiences um and it not to say it was my fault but there were definitely times that i ran into it after one conversation yeah sure let's meet oh your apartment cool and then you know come on man what are you doing um so you know that's a 20 year old lesson that i learned quickly um but even then it would turn to what after more conversations let's meet at you know a a, 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 a friendlies um and sometimes they turned out well and other times not as well um but you know you take you take the good with the bad but for the most part um it's 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 been an overall very positive experience and hmm. yeah that's what's brought me what's brought me here well, it's good, and I'm glad it's been positive. Um, I'm curious for maybe a little more specifically with with straight men in the fetus space. Do you feel like there's opportunity for friendship throughout, or do you feel that maybe it angles more towards competition with one another? Like you're vying to connect with the same group of people. How does that connection tend to shake down? Um, I, I, the, the, the there's definitely room for the friendship um, because I found it. Um, and I, I, I invite encouragement and I try to encourage others, um, you know, as long as they're comfortable with it. And it's again, consensual, um, you know, I'm very welcoming, not only of encouragement, but of, I love teasing and of people to, when it comes to a, a Dom, I like something very specific excuse me um so when I, I welcome people try to be dominant with me but um most aren't able to 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 be what i want and i have a hard time explaining it so it's not that they're falling short or failing um and you know i never try to say it as such um but uh yeah no i think I, as far as the competition side to it i i guess i can see that you know, where I'm another fat person, um, you know, who other people are looking at instead of looking at someone else. So, you know, that could be, that could be seen as, as, as I'm competition and that I'm, I'm taking away from them. Um, and again, I, 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 I recognize that, um, that's not what I'm looking to do. Um, but it is what I'm doing, I guess, to a point. So, it's not any easier for us to occupy the spaces than it is for a heterosexual person because gay men and and I say gay men because grammar is mostly populated by gay men like we are just a competitive group of people I think it's because for a lot of us I don't know if this is going to be true of the Gen Z kids or the alpha generation when they finally grow up but like for millennials Gen Xers like there was always limited spaces you know like if you were going to be queer, you kind of had to be an exceptional queer. Like I can remember my aunt when I came out, I was 16 years old. She's like, well, what kind of gay are you? Are you like, are you like a will type of gay? Or are you like a just Jack kind of gay? And I was like, well, technically neither. <laughs> I cannot be defined by two different stereotypes. Like it just, it, it's not like that. And that's how society viewed us. So I think 
think gay men just kind of grew up feeling like we had to compete for attention, respect, uh, dates, you know, like say, <clears throat> say like if you came out in high school, which was rare in the 90s, but it still happened. And like your dating prospects were pretty much nil. So like if there was another out gay person or two out gay people, you know, eventually one of you is going to be competing for the other or you're going to be competing for popularity. It's just... It's something that has carried into uh, our adult lives, unfortunately. Hmm. I, I do want to ask here, and, and maybe this begins to round us out for the episode, but, you know, for new male fetists who begin to join the community, what advice would you give to them in terms of, you know, uh, this journey of masculinity and building friendship and community and engaging and, and just, just, just all of that. What advice would you give to them for those tuning in? I would start by saying, take your time. Um, there's, there's, there's no rush, especially if you're young. Um, and I get, I remember being young and feeling like, you know, by 26, if I didn't have a house and a car, that I was a failure. Um, and in the same way, when I started to gain in my later 20s, uh, I I thought if I'm not 300 pounds by next year, then I, I've, I've I failed, you know, or, or no one's going to take me seriously. Um, and that's so not the case. You have so much time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with peaks and valleys. There's nothing wrong with, you know what, I've gained a lot. And I think I maybe I've gained too much. And so I want to I, I want to lose some weight. Um, and then maybe I'll gain again later. Uh, there's, there's just, there's nothing wrong with those things. Um, you know, and, and take, take it at your pace. If, if you gain some weight and the, the reactions you're getting are too much for you, um, you know, did that do what, do what puts you in a good space in a good head space. Um, if that's losing weight, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you know, if it's, you know, having to, uh, change some of the people that, you know, you're, you're, you're normally with, um, you know, even temporarily, that's nothing wrong with that either. Um, you know, but when, when you do find your place, um, you find that space, you find where you're good, where you're comfortable, um, that sweet spot for lack of a better term, it's, 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 it's amazing. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's who you were meant to be. And now you finally get to be that. And, um, I know there's people that are still looking for it and who haven't found it. And uh, I, I, I want to be your cheerleader. I want you to, I want you to get there and I want to try to, I've tried so many times to help people, um, you know, who ask for advice and things like that. And just some, I think I've been okay. And some, I don't think I've helped at all, you know, whether it's been through my own shortcomings or just, it just wasn't there, but that's fine. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, there's no, your expectations should only be your own um, and keep them uh, realistic. You know, if you want to be 700 pounds, go for it. Um, you know, but find the right people to help you get there. Don't, don't take the help of the wrong person because if you do, um, you could wind up in a really bad way. Um, I've, been, I've come pretty close a few times. And, um, I'm glad I was able to figure it out before. Yeah. Cause once that, what it, uh, in the Irish community, they call alcohol the creature, um, you know, but you could talk about it with sex and when, when it comes to having uh, 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 something like uh, like gaining, you know, when, when that creature stirs, it's hard to say no. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it can it can definitely put us into some 
some bad places and have us make some bad decisions that uh, we can't always we can't always take back. Definitely. I mean, Tim, does this not circle back to topics on season two about mentorship and, you know, sometimes I think the frustration I feel when I see new gainers is just cycles repeating and people just not intervening in time. And it's hard because you just look at these young kids and you're like, dude, like if I, if you were in a position to listen because that's another thing right like you can be in a position to talk they may not be in a position, in a to, position listen. to listen yeah 100 percent. oh my god yeah and that's a whole whole yeah, fish. but you know to any new male fetus listening listen to what xl tim is saying you know and listen to what our tim is saying you know these guys have been around for years now and they've had their successes and they've had their achievements and they have community when they speak, they speak truth and they speak from experience and they speak from knowledge and they speak about all these things. So please, uh, my advice would be to be kind of like what you were saying, XL Tim, choose carefully who you listen to, right? Like if you want to learn, Very much. if you want to learn how to make a million dollars, don't ask the gambler, right? How he handles his money. Cause that's not good investment. Talk to the guy who runs business, right? Like you want to learn how to cook don't talk to the person who all they do is order takeout like talk to the person who's posting and promoting that they cook every single day because you've got to learn from the people who are succeeding in doing the thing that you want to do because that's who's going to give you the information on how to succeed the person who's succeeding in the thing you want to do that sounds obvious as fuck and yet we all of us make that mistake constantly so i would say just be choosing be careful be mindful and be open to those new experiences. But I think that brings us to the end of another fabulous episode. Tim, thank you so much for joining us this week again. It's my pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I really look forward to this. Oh, now, where can the listeners find you online? Uh, let's see, on Grommer, I am uh, the unfortunately named Plump My Gut, uh, which I came up with at a very young age. Um, on, uh, let's see, on what is the one called tumblr i am timmy snuggles um bb i am tim tim and on instagram i am timmy ct20 fabulous stuff well listen that's a wrap for now here on thick radio please remember to like and subscribe rate us five stars and leave us a good review if you like this episode the podcast or just us in general share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in you can find me on Instagram and Beefy Frat at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram and TikTok at Thick Radio or at our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note, you can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time, Bye, fats. Bye, fats. Bye, fats. Let's talk about it. Dick Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Loki 2. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Cream.